<laughs> oh, wait, let's make sure my phone's on silent. Oh, mine's always on silent, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not, but nobody ever calls, so it's just, it, yeah, but, no, but it's, by default, it is on silent. Yeah. It's a silent phone. <laughs> Uh, hello everyone and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast, a tabletop role-playing podcast. I'm Harrison Blunt and with me is Sean Hunt. Go on in. And of course we've got James Clark, he's hidden behind a screen currently because we're trying a new recording setup, which is ridiculous. I'm in hiding for several reasons, About can't time. tell you. About time. Uh, today we've got a show and a quarter for you because coming up we've got feedback, news punch, what are you slaying? And we've got the main subject which is going to be how to bring a campaign to a satisfying conclusion. And then we're going to do a new item, RPG death metal karaoke followed by your electro letters. Is everyone ready to get fucking crazy? Well I'm not sure about crazy but I'm definitely ready. Is everyone to get mildly excited then? I'm ready to get ready. My excitement is tempered. Nice, nice. All right, feedback. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch. The feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. Shane Gregory, he says, Hi, loving the podcast. Look, I'm just assuming he talks like this because he plays RPGs. (laughs) Hi, I'm loving the podcast. Will you be doing an episode on your thoughts about the OGL 1.1 fracas? Hashtag open DD, hashtag OGL. Never do a hashtag in a feedback again. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about it today. A bit sick of it, but we are going to talk about it. We're going to wait till the news, Shane Gregory. And also, if you haven't listened to the other episodes where we talked about it, where the fuck have you been? All right? Hashtag listen. Am I right? <laughs> I think you responded to that. Yeah, probably. Um, cheers, Shane. Uh, next feedback. We Last episode, we talked about Racial Holy War, of course, one of the greatest RPGs ever made. Jobless. Jobless. I mean, it would be. It might be if it was finished, but... If it was finished and not racist, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the, we got feedback from a man calling himself Bum Conga Cultist of Sean. He says, "Love the hard-hitting journalism in the last episode, gang. Glad to find out that James is annoying and a communist." <laughs> yeah. Um, so in racial holy war, um, all of the different races were sort of given their own uh, sort of attributes. For example, they said black people were smelly, and the uh, Asian people are annoying and communists, which they got off lightly, I believe. Yeah. But James, it is annoying, but I don't think you're a communist. Not that you know. Not that we know. Um, but uh, I have seen some strange red flags in his house with a hammer and sickle on them, and he does occasionally speak Russian, so... Da! <laughs> See? I knew it! That's also a metaphorical red flag as well, if you've got those red flags in your house. That's a good point, yeah. If you've got a red flag like a Nazi or a communist thing, that is a red flag. Maybe that's where the saying comes from. Let us know, listeners. Killed the Gregses. He says, It's beyond funny that a white supremacist RPG chose what is effectively an inbred water brain to be on the cover of the game. He's white and bald. Good enough. That's what he says. <laughs> um, because, of course, on Racial Holy War, they stole the artwork from... Uh, was it The Hills Have Eyes? It was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, see, I... I was going to mention this, but I've never seen the film. I thought it was about inbreds. Um, But, yeah, so they've actually... I mean, it's pretty accurate, though, isn't it? Because probably a lot of the people that made Racial Holy War are themselves inbreds. They probably see Hills Have Eyes as like a sort of heroic story of their people. Um, but yeah, that is that is extremely funny. I just, I, I, but yeah, go and listen to the episode if you haven't already. Got a lot of positive, uh, a lot of negative reviews from a lot of Hitler types. But uh, other than that, it's uh, very good. Good RPG, ten out of ten. 
that is it for feedback this time, lads. Shall we do some new? <laughs> yes. Wizards of the Coast takes back changes to OGL. Loads of people do their own one. So, I'm really hoping this is going to be the last time we have to speak about the OGL. Because, to be honest with you, it is interesting. But I'm fucking bored of it. And everyone has said their own shit on it. But we'll just cover this and then that's it. If anything else happens, well, we'll probably end up covering it as well. But I'll just do it sort of begrudgingly. Um, So, in a statement uh, that is essentially the I'm not sexist but of corporate press releases, Wizards of the Coast announced that they are taking back all the changes to the OGL recently. If you don't know about this, just Google it because I'm not going over it again. Uh, The statement basically says that they were going to keep, uh, they were doing it to keep an eye on the content to ensure that no dodgy shit was being released. But we know that's not true. Anyway, Paizo and Free League are now releasing their own OGL now to allow people to freely use their systems to create whatever content they want. But I suppose everyone is realising now how easy it would be for Wizards of the Coast to, you know, actually change it and just take that away. So loads of people are making their own ones, which is a good thing, obviously. But uh, Critical Role released a statement about this, and while I usually wouldn't care, it is mildly funny because... You know Critical Role, right? Everyone knows they're sort of SJW types, and Matt Mercer once... I think somebody, I don't know what the original tweet is, but you responded to somebody because they were anti-SJW, right? And he said, um, I hope that you can get the therapy you so sorely need. It's like, you've got a view different to mine, you're clearly mentally ill. Um so, but yeah, anyway, so he, in the statement, Critical Role said that the OGL brings diversity to gaming, right? Which it does, because it allows a lot of new ideas and new takes on D&D. And I'm all for the OGL, obviously. But now, once again, with it being completely open and away from the prying eyes of, Wizard the, of Wizards of the Coast, it will mean that for every Middle-Earth role-playing and original adventures reincarnated, we're going to get Nazi furry RPGs for 6th edition, or rape the game using the OGL. And I can't wait for Matt Mercer to really change his mind on this one do you know what i mean because right now he's like it allows everyone to make products whether black white or blue and it's like yeah it was very that like, everyone does include people that you think need therapy so let's so let's just wait and see it's quite funny though because the ogl was very like anti-consumer and stuff like that the new one was yeah the old one very much not yeah yeah the uh 1.1 uh, yeah it was very anti-consumer um and uh Yesterday, uh, Wizards of the Coast released a an apology. Yeah, they did for the bad week of press. Yeah, they so. did, and it was it was essentially just them uh, going on and on about how they were doing it for you. And it's like, no, you won't, you won't. You were trying to make more money out of it. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Of course, it's true. I they're, think they're, that's what they're doing. Well, the trouble is, what they need to do, really. If I was, if I was being a corporate asshole, which I am, right? Then it, you, what they needed to do was was implement the new OGL, but make it seem like something that the players wanted to do. You know, make it seem like it was their choice all along. Do you know what I mean? Um, but. Because it's like, because at, at this point, there's nothing consumer friendly about it. But if they changed it to say, oh yeah, once you get to a certain amount of pay, you'll get, you'll be with us and and have a free consultation or shit like this, people would be all over it. But um, at the moment, it's so anti-consumer that there's no way anyone was going to take that shit. But that's because they're not smart. They no, do. they aren't. They, they call themselves wizards of the coast, but they're low intelligence wizards. They've only got one spell at level one. Yeah, that's a good joke, isn't it? 
uh, either way, OGL good, Wizards of the Coast bad, so don't use their one, jump ship, make ship for Pathfinder or whatever. That's, that's I think, the solution, right? Because Paizo are doing their own one, right? As much as Pathfinder 2 is not something anyone wanted, he's got some good ideas in there, and it could be used to make good shit. And also the Mutant Year Zero one. You know, Sean, you've got some problems with the Year Zero system in general, and, and people could improve it, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair. So um, I, I think I think more people should do this. I think what would be really cool is if we're uh, well, DCC is pretty open anyway because it uses the OGL. But like, there'll be some uh, Savage Worlds OGL. That would be good, wouldn't it? Well, Savage Worlds are actually joining Pathfinder. What in Paizo's OGL? Are they? Yeah, that's what they're supporting. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> But anyway, that is it for uh, news today. Right, the OGL. Wait, can, I, have I got, can I add something else about that? Well, you want to add something to the agenda? Yeah. Um, excuse me, mate. We're going to have uh, to go through the PAs. You're going to have to wait till point seven. Can I add anything to the agenda? Um, all right. Uh, uh, James, as to HR, can I add anything to the agenda? HR, mate. I'm not HR. He's public relations, mate. I'm OGL. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go on then, uh, quickly. Right. If, if, you're, um, if you're going to say something I've already said, right, just bear in mind that this will be the last time you ever do any podcast ever again. I'll make sure. Uh, the pressure is high. But no, uh, so I think that they went back on uh, 1.1, and not for the fans, as they like stated, but because of the sheer amount of lawsuits they would have gotten themselves into. How do you mean, though? How would they have gotten themselves in lawsuits? Um, for example, like the Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh, like people that have already published stuff, but underneath it, and then wanted to do new versions. They might have just said, "Well, you know." Well, they wanted to take a cut, like they were saying the uh, the um, anything under the old OGL would be covered now as well, and they were just going to go and take twenty five percent. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, because uh, they would, because legally you could make the argument that you were using the old OGL. So as a result, it would be like yeah there could be a lot of legal trouble i think i think it's that i don't think they were doing it for the fans i think they were doing it mainly because of the incredible backlash and they'd known they'd made a, a bloody stupid mistake basically um but I, I'm, I'm pleased with it i'm pleased that it's uh, pleased that they're fucking off with it and uh yeah which is the coast i hope you die <laughs> not the people just the company come on just the coast just uh, the coast not maybe, the wizards maybe uh, imagine the battle of normandy that because that was on a coast, wasn't it? Like that, but the Wizards of the Coast offices <laughs> getting stormed. There may have been some wizards about popping. But... Who knows? You know, history was not very well recorded at the time. No, it very much was. Should we do what we've been slaying? Yeah. Number one on the list, we've got fight tits. Yeah. What you slaying? So we've been playing fight tits. Wait, fight tits? No, we haven't. Uh, we've been playing Mutant Call Classics. It's good. Sean, do you want to explain um, what the fuck is going on with you and eating at other people's houses, right? Because that was <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, the amount of mess, right? No, in fact, we'll get to this. We've been playing Mutant Call Classics. People want to hear about the game, but we'll get to that, yeah, Sean. And that is more, way more important than the game, because you're a slob. Um, you're a slob and a fat idiot. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean to, you know. <laughs> I yeah, didn't no, mean no, to. We'll get to that. Um, Mutant yeah, Call Classics. Jimmy Savile didn't so, mean to molest those kids, but well, did he? He did, he did. No, he, he did. did. He did so. it very much on purpose, yes. So Mutant Call Classics. Um, yeah, this is my current RPG game that I'm running. Um, and it is, of course, uh, a sandbox type thing where the 
guys are the last humanoid creatures in the world. They live in a village called Dry River, which is a mysterious uh, electric fence bordering it left there by the ancient ones and these guys are warders which means that they are the people that get to roam outside of the village to help the village in certain ways and so on and so on so last game uh with character wise we've got sean he's playing a sort of tanky character with mind blast abilities he's a mutant called unit truck ton james is ranched who is essentially a pokemon he's a nine-tailed uh raccoon with electric powers and flight abilities yeah i didn't choose it on purpose but it worked out that way and i like it mm. um we've also got tomasson who's the last character tobuscus he's he is playing a plantian called frankie who is sentient mold that can regenerate um and yeah, these guys uh, sort of had a look at the notice board and uh, wanted to accept some quests, and they went went ahead and did this one. These two kids, unbeknownst to their parents, had left the village. These two mutant kids, one with a giant hand, one with a pair of vestigial wings, uh, they'd left the village without the knowledge of their parents and found this toy shop. But once they, well, they they thought because all of the people in this universe, they they refer to the old uh, the race that that was like uh, on the planet before these guys got there as the ancient ones before the disaster i should say and um yeah these so all of the guys they went to they these um little kids they saw this uh, toy shop and they thought oh it's idols of the ancient ones they're probably deeply religious in some way and um, we want one and they wanted a sailor moon one specifically it long story short ladies and gentlemen it happened to be a funko pop factory um uh well a toy shop called the funko factory and these guys had to go there and uh, try and try and get one of these because these kids had snuck out and seen that they wanted that one, but they got scared away by something they called a ghost. Um, and drew the the player characters a really crude map, which I actually used crayons to draw. Um, yeah, so they had to go there and, and get a uh, Sailor Moon thing. And uh, obviously, we've been doing uh, overland travel over the map. I'm uh, marking off days, uh, keeping strict time, and uh, yeah, we're talking about food and things like this. So it's survival, travel, it's all completely based on what these guys want to do, basically. But um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened. I mean, they fought a rust monster out in the uh, out in the car park there. They fucking um, they got attacked by snakes at one point. They saw a weird hologram man calling himself Christos. These were the ra- sort of random encounters. But once they got to the actual place, what was pretty funny is there was this rust monster sort of attacking them, and they knew they didn't want to deal with it because it was going to destroy their equipment. So. They flipped it the fuck over during a dramatic task, and then they got up to the door of the Funko factory, which you had to pay a single US dollar to get in. Of course, US dollars haven't been a currency for 12,000 years in this universe, so Unit Truck Ton, Sean's massive character, goes up and just punches the, uh, the, the, the bill-eating the bill machine that lets you in. Uh, yeah, gets a bunch pop. of dollars out and then just fed one back in. Yeah, the bomb part where all the money gets kept, isn't it? Just punched it. I thought that was pretty clever because you were like, yeah. clearly there's going to be some in there. If the machine's still standing, the money in there's going to be in good nick. So, it's sadly, not a reflection of what happened next, anyway. But well, yeah. sure, the thing is, we had a lot of bad rolls that night, didn't we? No fumbles, but a lot of sort of really shit middling rolls. Now they get inside. There's one entrance. The other one's been uh, completely destroyed. There's all rubble in front of it. They get inside, and the first section that they see is the anime and TV section, right? And there's a bunch of old zombies, uh, ghouls, like, milling around that were obviously shopping at the time of the disaster, and they're all wearing sort of anime and Sailor Moon outfits, and as they come in, the zombies look at them and go, Nani, 
<laughs> but um, yeah, it was pretty great. She, uh, James, you went straight into the vent. Yep. Yeah, well, I just flew up, went to the vent, hid out, but also did attack them from the vent, which was pretty cool. It was really good. But uh, yeah, so so because you can fly, and obviously this is one of those like middle of nowhere Toys R Us type places, so the ceilings are very high. James's character, the raccoon, flies into the vent and then uh, has a look around. He goes to the other side of the vent and sees that there's a Wizarding World, like Harry Potter section. Goes back to the guys, but the yeah, the guys are like fighting these zombies, and it all went really tits up after a certain point because essentially Sean's character, one of his abilities, one of his mutant abilities, is that he can grow and shrink in size, and he got an incredible roll on it, right, like a twenty-four, um, and. He grew point, way too big. That's the problem. I said, I said to Sean, I was like, "Do you want to go small or big?" I didn't read out the entry. I was, uh, but it was either he grows to th- twenty-five feet tall or three inches in size. Yeah, but my plan was uh, to grow a little bit bigger, then grab onto the next level of the building, and then which would like, be the roof. Uh, um, yeah, which would have been the roof. That would have been good. And then uh, as I was going up with. Uh, Frankie grabbing onto me, I would have shrunk. It would have been like Mr. Fantastic from Yeah, Fantastic so you would have got the mould to cling to you, then you then you shrink back up to normal size and all of this, right? It was a good idea. But unfortunately that's the fun of MCC, right? Is that the mutations they work like spells. Every time you use one you roll on a table, right? Some will let you pick a lower result, but not all of them do. And in this case Sean just grew to a huge size, smashed open the roof of the building, and of course, him being the biggest target, all the zombies went for his huge legs that were poking through the floor. And uh they started attacking you. You went down, nearly fell on one of your colleagues, thankfully didn't, um, and went down twice, losing two permanent points of stamina. And in the end, the guys sorted out the zombie. Well, I say the guys, James. It was you. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got the best mutation. Tell me about how you killed the zombs. Well, most of the zombs got killed with my electrogasm. That's not what it's called, but it should be. It, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cross it out in the book and rename it. <laughs> yeah. Well, essentially, yeah, I, I was doing a lot of um, sort of range-based attacks and just electrocuting them like Pikachu. Yeah, because he, he was up in the vent, so he was out of reach. But his electrical arcs, they got quite a good range on him. So he, essentially, he just went into the vent where he was in absolute safety, blasted him with electricity. Now, rolling high on that table, it means that he can generate electricity and generate, like, four pulses, right? So that's 2d6 damage, or yeah. three, whatever, going towards a number of targets. So there were five, six zombies, and of course two of them got killed just normally, and then the rest of them it was just like electrical generation, and bam, like just hit loads yeah. of them. Zap, zap, zap. It was well good. Um, and it, in the end what they did is they, because they, they were battered, Sean was on one HP, and actually I think the other two were all right, but um, you, you guys went up to the roof and actually did Sean's plan in the end and just went up there and decided to rest. And that's where we left the game. Now, it sounds like not a lot happened, but then there was a lot that was happening whilst exploring, and I don't necessarily think that all of that is worth telling, but it was pretty It was pretty good. One of my favourite bits, though, was that I rolled a random encounter and there's this hologram bloke called Christos, and he's talking a lot of weird, vague shit when the guys stumble on him in the jungle while they're looking for this fucking toy shop. And he talks about a high-rise building, and he tells he tells Sean that if he ever goes to that place, he's like, can you just let them know that Christos said, stop reading that damn book, and all this stuff. 
But anyway, he said that he was going to give Sean... He, he tried to feel out his ide- religious and ideological beliefs, right? To try and see if he was worthy of a prize of something. He knew where an, an artifact of the Ancient Ones was. So he's like, so do you... Who do you who do you worship? And their tribe, of course, they worship this uh, thing called the Yaldabaoth, which is like an ancient planetary defense system built into the Earth itself. It's like their god, right? And uh, this guy's not up for that. In fact, he hates people that, that worship that. But Sean's like, oh, yeah, I love the Yaldabaoth. That guy's cool. And uh, Christos looks disappointed, and Sean goes, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. Look, give me a personality role, but it's going to have to be... Because there's a dice chain in DCC and MCC, so it's like uh, it's gonna have to be you're rolling with a D14 here, and you're gonna need a good roll. Um, it didn't work, obviously. The guy disappeared, and then they went on to the toy shop. But yeah, it was pretty crazy, and it's it's been nice doing the exploration because it wasn't all uh, it wasn't just here's the route to get there. It was a bit like these guys were trying to feel it out for themselves, and it ended up working out in the end. But they spent the first three uh, first three travel phases, so an entire day, sort of really going in the wrong direction and getting attacked by acid-spitting snakes. Oh, what was cool, though, um, we need to talk about mutations. Yes. So the uh, Children of the Glow, which is these guys' tribe, they get a plus five to all mutation checks, right, which is actually amazing for this game um, because they're part of that tribe. But the only thing is, is if they ever see a chance to irradiate themselves further and possibly get mutations, then they have to take it. That's part of their religion. They worship radiation. Yeah. So, fucking, of course, these guys find a puddle of radiation and all of them jump in. Uh, James, you basically just took damage from it three yeah, times. Yeah, I was unlucky but lucky at the same time because I didn't get a, uh, defect. a defect at all, but I took three lots worth of damage because I was really trying to get a new mutation. You were sitting in it for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> Ranchid, the fucking mold guy, he got carapace, so now he's got an AC of 17, which is amazing. Frankie. Frankie, that's him, yeah, Frankie. What did I say? Franchi- Ranchid. Oh, that's your character, yes, yeah. Frankie. So, um, but Sean went in there, he rolls on, he, he gets uh, he gets a mutation, rolls on the physical mutations. Now, what you don't <laughs> want to get on a D100 is a 1 or a 2, because what that means is you're going to get a defect instead, which is bad, right? Now, he got enlarged body part, and everyone was joking around the table. They were like, oh, it's gonna be, he's going to have a massive cock. And then, of course, Sean rolled on the table for enlarged body part, and uh, well, the entry just says he's very popular with members of the opposite sex. To be fair, like <laughs> it's probably the one that you want to get because it doesn't. It's the only one that doesn't affect you badly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't give you a bonus, but uh, it gives you a bonus. You need to be closer to your mic. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm, my legs are like here. Yeah, but you can lean if you lean. Oh, well, that doesn't need to be out. Falling out of my pocket, and there we go. That sounds way better already. All right, so, um, but yeah, Sean, we we did joke about it obviously at the table when we were saying, so now Sean's character, this is this is canon, he's got a, a cock so big it goes right down to his ankle, right? <coughs> and it's pretty fat. But the funny thing is, we were talking about it, we were talking about, well, what if you're a woman and what happens? And you're saying, just, is it just a cavernous vagina? But of course, the entry does not say that, it doesn't say you get a massive dongus. It just means you're popular. So in the case of a lady, it might just be giant tits or an extra tit. Ah, oh, super boob. Super boob. Um, so yeah, Sean, you got the you got probably the only not bad defect in the entire game. I think that's the only time it's ever going to happen. 
Uh, well, to be fair, you were saved by the plus five on the rate and the mutation checks because if you roll on that table, you add a plus five. You're going towards the better results, right? So he happened to get a twenty or over, which is that. That's the only good one on yeah. that table. Otherwise, you might get a massive hand, and it gives you a minus two agility checks oh, or yeah, something so like annoying. this. So you're lucky, or very a fat lucky. Fat leg or something, can't it? Yeah, fat leg, so you move slower, like things like this. Yeah. Or you might get one tiny leg. Oh no, but you got an enlarged <laughs> body part. But yeah, you can. Those are things that can happen. Um, the thing is, as well, every time you use a mutation, you get the potential to lose it if if it goes completely wrong. If you get a fumble. Um, additionally, if you get a fumble when you're doing a mutation check, that's just you just get a defect or lose a mutation or something like this. So you guys were lucky. You were very lucky. The only thing is, I changed the rule a little bit. To if you survive a very difficult fortitude save, you will get. Uh, you'll get a mutation rather than what it is before is that if you come into contact with radiation you have to roll a 20 to get a new mutation I just think that's too rare to be fun do mm. you know what I mean yeah otherwise you're just going to get like, you're just going to die yeah uh, trouble is with radiation it doesn't really turn you into a superhero like Marvel would have you believe and the only thing you're going to get if you be- get in contact with radiation is you'll become coughing up blood man or something so. oh, yeah. or an engorged penis yeah engorged cock um, yeah, so that's that. But <clears throat> Mutant Crawl Classics, how are you guys enjoying it, James? Well, I love it because it's DCC, but it's mutant version. And um, yeah, it's just really nice and refreshing to be playing an enjoyable, um, uh, well, basically DCC, but like a different spin on it. Because I really like that system, and it's really familiar to me, so it's really nice for me to be able to. Well, that was what was funny about the session was during the D. Uh, you, you kept on quoting rules from DCC, which yeah. do apply, just not to mutant characters. And I was just like, mate, you know this system so much better than I think you even knew. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it was amazing. But yeah, Sean, how how do you like it? Yeah, uh, I I uh, agree with James. No, um, all right, um, <laughs> no, it's really nice to play something that's like. Um, you know very uh, much like we're, we're like pitted against everything you know we got to build up our defenses it's like very survivally um there's like, like we like get to pick missions and stuff but um not only that like you know dcc and mcc like nice like meaty old school systems and it I agree, and I feel like I feel like the the it's not simple to the point of Morkborg where it's really more done for short campaigns this campaign like sean you originally wanted to go for a tank but at this point frankie the fun guy mold man he's a um he's more of the tank because he got the carapace you're more of a mix between a mage and a tank at the moment but characters are going to change all the time i might surpass him but then again i could you know i mean i I might have a discussion with him see if he if like as if he wants to go for a tank i don't want to be like trying to out tank him all the time yeah but then again then again his character is going to change at some point you know what i mean if he if he ends up with um less with less mutations in the end or if his carapace goes away you never know you don't know what's going to happen and it also depends on how you play your character like you you're using your size up ability quite a lot but then, then again, you've also got the Mind Blast. And I've got a huge axe as well. I mean, the Mind Blast is good because I wanted to have sort of a, a nice couple of range things, you know. Yeah, that, and that is a very good one. I mean, he, he caused a snake to explode by destroying its mind. So that's pretty fucking good. But yeah, that's it for MCC. I mean, we, we the one thing we do need to talk about is the pistachio situation. Oh, my God. So oh, just cool. to paint a picture for you, you, you lads, we, we got to a decent point where the guys had finally got to the toy factory 
and that was usually where we take a break, about an hour and a half in, right? Mm. And Sean's uh, so suddenly Sean is at the table and he just goes <laughs> like this, <laughs> and it turns out he was eating a pistachio, and some of the husk went to the back of his throat. It wasn't the husk; it was just like you know the bit around the the actual nuts, the sort of skin uh, bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was such a like a, a mad sound. It's just like <laughs> it literally sounded like it literally sounded like a cat like like choking on a hair. But it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was the fact that there was three in a row as well. It was like well lodged in my throat though. It's like it went sideways into my throat. But anyway, so. he moves. Then James points out. He goes, "Look at where Sean was sitting," and there was just skins and all of this shit. It was like, unbelievable. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous, like, like, and we're not talking like there was a couple of crumbs. It was <laughs> the floor was fucking caked in it. It was like you know when you um, peel your, a bunch of pistachios all at once. Imagine if you poured that bowl out and then um, just all over the floor, like <laughs> yeah. a, a, literally a, like Oops. a meter and a half radius around Sean, like of just got, pistachio like, skins. I've got all the shells in the bowl that I was doing. Like, wow, well <laughs> done. Do you want to make get them all like, in the bowl, Sean? Like, you I'll, missed a few. Yeah, you actually yeah, didn't. Like, for, I had, like, for you didn't. I had right? a six streak. Shut up. And then, like, that ended. I had so. a six streak of, like, getting something in a bowl that was directly in front of me. Uh, it was going really well. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but then, fucking, but then, but then, like, what was the like, worst thing like, is, no, shut up, you went wait. out, shut, no. No, you, wait. No, you wait. Like, um, like, there's a mystery, though. Like, why was there mess beneath me, you know? What? What are you talking about? Because that's where you were sitting, you fucking... Yeah, I know, but... Like, but how did it get beneath the chair? I, I, I ate all the... Is this, is this I, Sean's conspiracy corner? Yes, are you gonna back. Are you going to say it's aliens? Is no, that what it's it is? No, it's just like... I, <laughs> I ate all the nuts. I threw all the shells in the, the, the bowl. Right? So, why was there mess on you? What was that about? Um... <laughs> So, um, in addition to that, though, one thing we noticed, which we haven't told you yet, right, Sean, was that as you then went outside, um, you had a crisp. Yeah, you, you bit, a, you picked up a crisp and ate it, and then half the crisp was on the floor. <laughs> Immediately, and oh. the fucking the GM, right, the GM, the host, Tabascus. We were at his house. He had to get the Hoover out. It was that bad. It just was ridiculous. <laughs> And then, and then fucking, you came back from the break, right? And Sean was eating a pistachio and went to go and put the shell in the bin. And we, he had his back to us and we just heard him go, yow! <laughs> what was that? Uh, I accidentally, like, ate, like, half a husk. He put the shell in his mouth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? How many beers did you have to had up to that point, Ciders? Only two, actually. So only two. That's too that's, many. That makes it worse. That <laughs> that's makes it too worse. Too many. Right, you're banned from drinking and uh, eating. Yeah, that's <laughs> and living. That's... Not not even just at the game. I mean, in general. Um, <laughs> and living. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, was... Could, like, that was it, like in about. Yep. Like, a space of 15 minutes actually, as well. <laughs> but it wasn't though because that was about an hour and a half's worth of pistachio build up oh it was yeah, it, yeah it, I, I brought them out quite early chucked like, a bottle on there to be you know tidy and then Sean comes about fuck being tidy the idea that the idea oh, that you're proud that you got most of the shells into a bowl <laughs> I got most of the shells into a bowl uh, <sighs> Right. I don't mean to not be tidy, just to. Oh, we know. It's you, a, but it's you a do. Nice you, little... you know that. You know when um, when we're finished, when I host here, Millie always comes in. She goes, well, uh, "Was Sean sitting there then?" There's just a ring of like crisp dust and chocolate and 
I don't know how you manage it, man. Millie said the other Millie said the other day. She she was like um she was like, see this is why Sean you got to learn the rules of the game because otherwise you're gonna be out of the game. And what she meant by that was like you're always gonna be single if you don't manage to. Imagine if you're going on a date with a lady, right? She or um, or a bloke, and they pull out a bowl of pistachios. Good, good food for a date, right? Love it. <laughs> the, oh, and also, like a lot of dates take place at the cinema, and the way Sean eats popcorn is oh my god, it's, it's yeah. foul. He, he grabs a fistful, yeah, and he grabs a fistful, and sort of shovels them in. Yeah, he mashes it with his yeah, hands, sort of pushing I, it into his gullet. I can't, eat, I can't eat popcorn in public anymore, though. Really, just so. eat it like a normal. <laughs> what do you mean? There's oh. other ways to eat popcorn, bro. You've got to get the full hit of the flavour, though. Oh, it's Sean, so disgusting. Sean, and take like, it from someone only, who also only, likes to eat like you with popcorn. Just do it in small bits. Just yeah, like do. Yeah. Grab just take like, two at a time. Grab, yeah. Well, no, well, you, could, you could do like a nice little cluster, maybe get four or five. Do them, but then do it that several times before you do your munch. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's so funny, Pitch though, because he'll get a, a, a load that's too big to put into his mouth in one, but instead of just eating a bit of it, he'll push the whole thing in, like, and it's just going... Because <laughs> he's pushing it. You're li- literally like that video of that woman trying to teach you how to... Grapefruit a man's... Grapefruit <clears throat> a man's dingus. Good. Uh, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's only popcorn and pistachios, really. It's just like right. I'm never. That is a damn lie. No, again. but that's a lie, though. No, because even when we've had Pringles or Doritos or whatever, oh, the amount of fucking right. sheets I've had to Pringles, I'm all right. That was that was the very crisp that was on the floor when you went for a break. Yeah, but half I, a crisp, bro. Only, How do you not notice that the fucking crisp is not in your mouth? I only one at a time, though, which is good. Oh, well done. Well quite, done. They're quite heavy. On well, the have you learned yeah. please and thank you yet? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> um, so yeah, Sean. Uh, Please shut up. Thank you. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit harsh. So. Um, yeah. Right. And also, we played Hero Quest, didn't we? So. Oh my god! Yes. Sean was ill, and uh, so we had a week off. And our uh, one of our the other one guy that Tabuscus. refuses to come on this podcast, he um, he bought Hero Quest recently, so he played that. I think everyone knows really what it is, but it's a dungeon exploration board game where you fight things and uh yeah i mean it's it's a classic it's from the 90s it's very simple but if you have a night off from your rpg it's incredibly fun to play oh uh, it was amazing I th- and i feel like it was just what we needed as well because i think both of us had a bit shit week yeah it's and a remake as well isn't it, it yeah it's a complete reproduction so everything's in its i think close to its original form i couldn't tell you but it it it's um, beautiful and so uh, uh, Tabuscus was showing me the board just before you get into the uh, the actual box before you get into the game. Uh, mm. For example, there's stuff like uh, they had like sort of cardboard uh, scenery and stuff. No, the scenery is all plastic. Uh, it's plastic in the new one. Oh, uh, was it? Uh, was it? It was like cardboard with artwork on it. But oh, it was. Yeah, three D printed. Uh, it's it's lovely and very weighty as well. Um, but we yeah we so we played a session. We did the first dungeon. First of all, we went down in. The thing is, Sean, is that if you go into a room, you open the door, right? You, it's not as if if you make noise out in a dungeon, all the monsters are going to come attack you. If you open a door, that's when the monsters enter the game. Once you <laughs> see them, basically. And the thing is, opening the door is a free action, so it, it doesn't spend. So you can walk. You got like a twenty, uh, say ten spaces to use. You can walk past three doors and open all of them. So the story was is that I think it was that this wizard took over this fucking keep or whatever and there's a gargoyle down there yeah we had to go and kill the gargoyle and of course what we were doing was trying to be efficient so we'd be running down hallways opening every door on the way looking for the gargoyle and of course all the monsters came out and just absolutely raped us 
but James was playing a wizard, and I ca- and he was gonna stay and fight, but I told him just to get the fuck out. So um, you legged it valiantly, I think. And yeah, we well, managed to survive, which meant that we had him as a a party member who knows the dungeon and also got to keep all of the items he got so there's no leveling it's all item based leveling yeah so as soon as you die the items mate you fact yeah you got you do have a chance to pick them up but only if there are no monsters in the room or something like this i can't remember yeah that's it but james went back to the village with all of the gold that we had got in the dungeon and found that we couldn't even afford like a single dagger so (laughs) we we just it was abysmal and then uh so we just rolled up new characters well you don't even roll them up you just take the stats and we just went down again and what was cool was that because obviously you don't have to take it that seriously it's like it's like playing gauntlet sean like the arcade game yeah it's a bit like that it's just killing shit it's a lot of fun and you're just the the resolution mechanic for killing shit is really simple and you just roll dice and you try to get more shields than they've got attacks or whatever but the funny thing was is that um yeah as as we west we went back in we had to we didn't really have to take it that much more seriously because it's not really a role-playing game so our characters had ridiculous names like uh you're was called jizzard the lizard wizard yeah something like that. and he had a barbarian called barbara ian um <laughs> and of course the elf that's happened to survive the second time we did the dungeon was called speen with about 15 e's speen yeah, it was good, and and because we, it was just a game where you're just hack and slash, cutting shit up. It's a good uh, cathartic game where you're just killing shit. And of course, James was doing a lot of stupid shit, um, just <laughs> out, not in the game, but outside of the game, and it was really cracking me up because he I kept can on, spit on you, yeah, yeah. That's what he kept saying. Like he was talking like a roadman the whole time, and he's like, right, I'm gonna do a spell on you, fam. Yeah, gonna fuck you. But, but yeah, it was good. It's very good, Sean. You would love it. And it's, we were um, saying that if ever we have a week off for any reason, we're gonna jump back into that and then carry on playing through the quests, basically. Unless like. Tabascus is ill. If Tabascus is ill, that's a problem. We'll just teeth it off him. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good, actually. <laughs> I did consider buying it after I played it, but it is an under a quid. But I think for a hundred quid, you get your money's worth, especially if you're just looking at the minis. Well, those minis, like um, uh, the the large ones that you put inside uh, any of the dungeon rooms, they're really well uh, printed because oh, they don't do any of the um, hollow hatching so that they can save on uh, materials. They they do they're full solid. prints, so yeah. they're they're heavy and it, they feel really nice and it, you know they're going to last for but ages. I think what speeds up the game as well is that you that there's no room descriptions. You just get given a mission description. You open a door and and what he puts down is what's in the room. Oh, yeah. there's a, there's a fucking alchemist table and three orcs. That's it. And you just yeah. get in. You go. I attack. I attack with my other guy. Move on. It's just it's nice and simple. You would love it, Sean. Honestly, it's it's it feels like playing an, an old school arcade game, like or beat 'em up or something, but in a in a in a role, uh, board game. So it's good. I look forward to it. Actually. Nice. Yeah, you should. Um, that is it for what we've been slaying. Shall we play death metal RPG karaoke? Yeah. Magic missile. Oh, okay. Sean, you a fan of Cannibal Corpse? Uh, not really. All right. Well, James? <laughs> yeah, they're a bit of fun. So I've been listening to them a lot recently, and what, what really struck me about their style, and, and of course, like a lot of grindcore bands are similar, is that... And he said, all of the songs are about the ways in which somebody might die or be murdered, right? But the thing is, is that you can never understand what he's saying. It's very difficult. Uh, one of their, well, probably their biggest hit is called Hammer Smashed Face, <laughs> which is a beautiful name for a song. But... Um, I really like their shit, and the thing is about it is that I've I realised that'd be a good idea. So what I've done is I have done Cannibal Corpse style vocals over, or just grindcore style vocals over death metal backing tracks, and I've read the pack of books, right? 
the back of RPG books. It could be an adventure, it could be an RPG. You guys have got to try and discern what the fuck I'm talking about uh, from these. What back of a book am I reading from these clips? Are you ready? Uh, do we get do we get to know what the books are before you play, or do we just got? Well, do I tell you the answers before we play? No. No, 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 no. As in, um, give us a list of books. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, I'm trying. This is probably the hardest quiz we're ever going to do, and you're allowed to confer. You're working as a team. Let's go. Let's do it. One, two, three, four. People born and new, a mini campaign. The text characters from never what is ever. The village of Omelet thrives again. Thrives again. I feel like I feel like I'm going to be showing that to my therapist eventually. I heard Bacchus and Rise Again. Um, uh-huh. James, did you hear any? Did you get any other little nuggets? Or yeah, I just heard one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> I had to count in, otherwise I'm not going to know the timing, right? <laughs> one, two, three, four. Um, so what do you guys? Uh, I feel like it's going to be a wild stab in the dark, really. Hey, Sean, can you see the books? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, so... it one of, is it one of the books on the shelf, Harrison? Yes, because I read the back of it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you have to guess, otherwise I will kill you. Because this is the grindcore round. Uh... Art and Arcana. James? It's probably He's getting up to look at the book bookshelf. RPG book, isn't it? Alright, you've got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, hey, of course dun- it's an RPG book, you idiot. Dungeon Cruel Classics. No. Alright. Oh, As Sean said, Art and Arcana. That was wrong. That was the Temple of Elemental Evil. Uh, yeah, now, it's the Temple of Elemental Evil. Correct. Um <laughs> no, and I didn't read the whole thing, but I thought that it was enough to be able to get it. Should we do the next one? Yes, please. Now, t- really focus, really focus. Now, what does that say about my... Psyche. Go on, Sean. Morkborg. Well, did you make out any words there, Sean? Because actually, in the first one, you, you said rides again, but it was thrives again. The village of Homlet thrives again, it says on the back of Temple. Tem- I can play it again if you want. Yeah. Sean Rickers, he's got an answer. Go on. Cyberpunk. Yeah, ah, nicely done. Yeah. I think you made out the word mega corporations there, didn't nice. you? Nice. Uh, yeah. But so on the second part, I really was barely even saying the actual words because it was. Um, but that's just fine. Something to. Well, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I feel like I've really captured the essence of uh, Cannibal Corpse. This is going to be the last one. Let's see if you can guys can get this. So I think this is the easiest one. So uh, are you ready? Hmm. Uh, into the Borderlands. Sean? Yeah, same. No, that was Tingleverse, the Chuck Tingle role-playing game. Uh-huh. As you can hear at the end, I say, Chuck Tingle role-playing game. Uh-huh. But of course... Well, I mean, I don't think that one's getting a redo anytime soon, but did you enjoy it? Mate, I'll, f- I'll redo yeah, it. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> you, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, definitely yeah. do. Definitely <laughs> do. But Sean, you got, uh, yeah, you got, well, as a team, you got one point. Well done. Yes. 
That was Death Metal RPG Karaoke. Name. Subject. Magic. Name. Subject. Tokyo. Name. Subject. The worst thing in the entire world, yes, even worse than that, is when a campaign fizzles out or just ends abruptly. But the best thing since sliced bitches is when a campaign reaches a satisfying conclusion. It can be emotional, it can make you feel like your hard work as a player has paid off, and it can solidify a campaign in the minds of your players, turning it into one they'll remember forever. So today we're going to share our tips for ending a campaign uh, well, and James is going to share what he looks for as a player, what tickles his anus when it comes to a campaign <laughs> ending. Now, Sean, so what I did, right? Now, I'm really sorry to... Sean, I don't like to do this to you, as you well know. I, I, I don't... I, 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 felt like I don't like to do this to you, as you coming. well know. <laughs> you felt this coming, because you... Well, I asked these guys to put their notes into the show notes here, right? So mm. we're just putting little bullet points yeah. of our tips... Yeah. Now, Sean, I did yours, it like, straight away, pretty yeah, much. He did, James. You've, you, you've always been very studious with this stuff. You're doing a great job, I think. And then Harrison put some... No, Seth, I did not. So I, in there. Right, okay. So, under Sean's tips, all it says is the following. Smoke weed, get high, fly. Ha, 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 ha. Now, whether or not I put in there that in there doesn't matter, all right? The point um, is, is they weren't edited. Yeah, you didn't, edit, you didn't delete them and put your own ones in there. You just saw those and went, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. It's impossible for me to type something yeah, into a Google Doc. My hands are tied now, man. Like, to be honest, after that. Why know. didn't you do anything, Sean? Well, at the time, I could have done something. Uh, I fell asleep. And at the time <laughs> where I couldn't do something, I was working. Um, so, Sean, so you Sean, fell asleep? Yeah. That's Sean, worse. After our games of Street Fighter. Sean, I think that... Um, that we added those notes when was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, <laughs> you've had a whole week. So Yeah, I know, it's been a it's been a rough week, mate. Right, you usually I'm on it. Usually I'm quite, you know, bang, bang to the bang. But I can just give you some So Sean's just I gonna can... say I agree with everything you said like he <laughs> no, did that last time. No, because I can like because I can give some sage advice, you know. Um Yeah, I... but you know, it's good to get them in order so you don't miss anything. That's yeah. that's sort of what I was thinking. The point was to have topics of discussion. Yeah. Uh, you've yeah. met that's, not random off that's the a good cuff. Point, actually, we James. wanted not. not yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good point, James. This is what I told. Sorry. I said this in the fucking WhatsApp chat, Sean. No, I said, sorry, I said, here's how we do it. Sorry. Put your shit in it. No, you will be. You will be. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm introducing now. There's something we used to do on our anime podcast, Teach Me Senpai. Go and listen to that now. I think there's only three oh, episodes. You're gonna get vinegar in. You're going to get a vinegaring. Now, I'm not going to do it this time, but next episode, what I'm going to do is you, I'm going to start introducing punishments, okay? Now, if so, if one of you fucks up, and I know, James, you won't. You're just great. You're doing a great job over there, man. Yeah, I, you I know, mad respect. Too. What? Um, but, Sean, vinegarings are going to start happening. I, I, and you're going to drink it whether there's a fly in it or not. I'll do a good job <laughs> as well. I'll just turn up, you know. like I'm, I live the rock star lifestyle, you know what I mean? Fall asleep, you know. Don't put notes in. Yeah. So, campaign endings. Let's get into it. And, Sean... If you annoy me, you're gonna to have to drink some vinegar. That's just the end of it. Uh, hopefully, it's... that's just the rules. I don't make the rules. Well, I mean, you kind of did. So, uh, yeah, well, I'll do my tips first. One, uh, one of the the first ones, right? Is the most. This is the most basic way of doing a satisfying ending to the end of the campaign. Now, I'm gonna build on this a little bit as we. What's that noise you just made, Sean? <laughs> what noise? I heard a noise. You like. <laughs> That was like pipes or something. That uh, was pipes. Or Seth Rogen. Like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll build on these as we go along. But the, the most basic thing is to do the round table ending monologues. At the end of a campaign, you come to the end. 
people get their own ending scene. You can ask them to roll for whether or not it goes well or whatever, but I think just let them narrate their own ending and, and, and come up with something that makes sense. That's the most basic thing, right? And that's what everyone should do. If you're the GM and you're sitting there and you just go... You you do a big fucking cutscene with all of your uh, with, with all of your great NPCs at the end. It's probably not going to be as satisfying. The game's about the players, so go round the table and say, right now you've killed God using the power of friendship. Uh, what are you gonna? How do you uh, spend the rest of your days? Um, and that's really the first tip, and that's the most basic. But well, can I add to the, that one because I no, realised that? Huh? No. No, because no, you can. Because the, you can, because uh, you're doing tips, a great job, man. The tips that I've given, um, basically, they're, they're very similar, if not the same. Oh yeah, thing. if you've got a similar one, just yeah, just jump, just jump <clears> in. You're doing a great job, man. I really respect you. Good. So, the, Sean, uh, <laughs> you on the other hand, do you, you, you respect Fucking, me more? You, no, you're such but, a Seth Rogen, man. <laughs> Go on, James. Sorry. So the um, so so regarding the uh, ending <laughs> monologues, um, I po- I wrote that. Um, a part to that in uh, in an epilogue, but a follow up section which I've said that with the monologues, if you give the players the option um, and or the ability to take full ownership of what their character does or ends up doing, for instance, two years in the future. So if yes. you suggest like, okay, what did your character do immediately after these events, and what do they end up doing, uh, say two, five, ten years from now, then it gives the the um, players at the table the ability to you know write their character exactly how they wanted them to end up if there was like some extra nuances that they built up during the campaign extra relationships things that they really actually wanted to accomplish aside from um, obviously the the ending to the campaign and stuff well like yeah because I feel like if you're if you get to the if you get to the end and the GM's just basically narrating it to you like you said let them take full ownership once the campaign is ended once the goal of the campaign let's say for example killing God with the power of friendship once that's over the rolling stops right because the game's over the campaign's over you get your players at that point to then just narrate what their character does like for example, I think one of you in a D&D campaign started a dojo. James, I can't remember what Tiffany did, but I know that there have been there have been ones, uh, for example, in our Tough Guys campaign where Nick, uh, Nick's character, Mickey, then married his bodyguard, Zawadi. Who was, oh, yeah, who that was sweet. Um, and shit like that. And then it's like, well, now I'm going to go and move to Mauritius, which is where she was from and stuff like this. And, uh, yeah, like, like, like you say, let them take full ownership. You At this point, even if they say... Oh, like for example, a, a big one, right? Like you, you may be of the opinion that oh, what if I want to return to this and they've made changes that are way too big? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, because we had a football hooligan who used the millions that they'd earned at the end of Tough Guys to then buy Millwall Stadium and uh, basically uh, be the manager of the stadium. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was amazing. And it's like that's a big move, but I think it's fine at the end of the campaign as long as it's not too ridiculous. Like oh, I turn into vapor and go into space and become a zero level operating phaeton or something it's like well then it's alright with uh, my uh, Pathfinder campaign I had like a sort of main ending in mind but I sort of sort of like baked it in like what do you guys want to do next kind of thing with the way you acted and like oh, oh that's a good point yeah so we did have we reset time and had all we then become uh, 
we were security in the Golden Saucer, which was you the police. You were police on a night off. At, uh, oh right, right, yeah, that's it. Park. But we actually, but all, that was the parameter. Then what we were doing there and all of the interactions, we played out a final scene. That was all our choice. And you were like, oh, see, that's a good way this? of doing it, where it's a good mix of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Um, and, and, and a way to enhance this, as you've no doubt noticed, ladies and gentle people, is that uh, you've got to have the characters set up routes throughout the campaign, right? If they're always just dealing with your shit and there's no downtime, what are they going to do when the campaign ends, right? Well, you, oh, you killed the dragon, what do you do? Uh, what's my backstory again from 20 episodes? I go, oh, God. I go back to being a farmer. Now you've got to have them meet good NPCs, set up routes, set up things in their own towns. Well, they've towns. got to evolve. Otherwise, yes. they're just one-note fucking boring guys. Exactly. And to, to do that, a big part of it is uh, it is to set up routes and have, have things going on outside of the adventuring so that they have something to return to. Well, this is actually even... quite a funny um, thing or uh, observation that I made when we played Hero Quest is that Harrison and I, as the players, we kept trying to... It took us a little while to get out of role playing because we kept trying to do voices and then kind of push a backstory into our characters because that's what we're used to doing. Whereas that was just hack and slash. But if you're actually playing a campaign and you don't bother fleshing out your character or giving them any kind of background, they are just going to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and because you you at the end of the campaign, let's say for Hero, Hero Quest is a good example because it doesn't involve much story. If you got to the end of that. And then James to Masson suddenly asked us, and he was like, "So, what do your characters do at the end?" It'd be like, I don't know. We just kill orcs and shit, man. I mean, it's <laughs> like it would be like it would be stupid, right? So you really do have to set up those routes, and that's sort of like the very, very, very end of a campaign. But speaking about like the final episode or the or the events leading up to it, right? One of the things that's very good to do, and the players will often uh, gear towards this anyway, is have old characters return. Now, that means if a player's retired an old character, uh, maybe they come back for the final episode. Or if a player's left the game, uh, have them return for the final episode. Just say, look, do I know you, you, you haven't played in this campaign, but do you want to come back for the final final tucker? Do you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, have NPCs that have come close to the characters turn up for the final bout or just before it to help them prepare. Um, adds a bit of that emotional weight, showing how far they've come from, you know lowly orc slayers to now killing a dragon in i think it's it's really good to do that kind of thing as well because it does um in my opinion force the players to think more outside the box because they may be they may have tunnel vision just think right i've got to you know i've got to kill this no matter what the cost yeah they may yeah that, that may be their only thought but if there are certain characters that you're uh sidelining and with uh, with good intention to maybe help them or just to sort of uh you know bring them like materials or anything like that go this will help you or or stuff like that then it means that they uh the players will sort of think uh i think with a more wider mindset exactly like like if if this beast is going to destroy cities you're not just going to like Solomon Kane, for example, where this thing was actually destroying countries. It's sort of like your characters might then think, oh, no, that's where my girlfriend lives. I'm going to try and steer it away from Germany or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I also I also said make the last episode your hardest, most epic, and most open episode. So the idea is is that the uh, and I'm I'm just using a big bad as a generic thing here, but it could be anything, right? But uh, if it comes to the big bad, how do they want to do it? All this and the other, everything they do is completely player run because then you're getting the players to work towards the ending that they want. Do you see what I mean? It's I like just like uh, listening to the players and sit like sort of because you, you you probably as a GM maybe have an ending in mind in the first place but like, I guess listening to the players seeing what they do seeing what, how they want to kill it and, and the manner in which they want to start the fight this that and the other yeah because because then they're going to get the ending that they're working towards do you know what I mean if you just imagine if you get to the end of a campaign it's just like here's this one way to kill the boss um, and you have to do it and here's my great ending here's a 20 minute monologue yeah <laughs> But um, I no, I had I had um, there was there was for example um, uh, Owen Lean, friend of the show, he ran a uh, really good campaign that was Olympus Towers, I think it was called, and it was about people on a council estate that get powers from Greek gods. Uh, yeah. And uh, th- yeah, so th- so I had to leave that campaign unfortunately because it just wasn't viable because I had to drive for three fucking hours to get there every two weeks. Um, and but for the last one, he said he wants anyone who's ever been involved because it was a very long running campaign. And he said that we all want to turn up for the end. Like we don't necessarily know what's happened in between, but my old character, he's heard that they finally got all of the bloody Horcruxes together and we're going to go and attack Zeus or whatever. And so we, we, yeah, we all we all teamed up, and my character came back for the very final fight, and I was on the roof with some old bitch from the council estate, and uh, she was uh, sh- she had a mere shotgun, I had a shotgun, we were f- we were just blasting this thing to kingdom come, and it was kind of cool because it was also like one weird thing was that Darry, one of uh, also friend, well not of the show, he never listens, but he was also there, and I didn't even know that he'd played in a- at any point in the campaign, <laughs> but like we had other players there that we didn't know, and it was just sort of like oh we met this guy before, and we were sort of doing a bit of a uh, a rebrief before killing the final boss and it was epic and then of course like the final boss was also a very open thing that we could kill in any manner that we wanted or we could plan for in any manner we wanted and I think it made it sort of meant that the ending was very cool although my character did get fucked off and uh, made into a magic item by a god so that was kind of annoying but (laughs) also cool Um, yeah uh, my last one was, um, and I'll probably uh, think of some more, but one of my last ones was that provide an ending even if a campaign isn't working out. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think... Uh, the, the thing I was thinking of here was that uh, I did it in Bubblegum Crisis where it was a fun story but a shit system and we ended up just going, right, we're wrapping this up. I've got two more episodes in him. We can do it an ending. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the one I was thinking of as well, I played Terra in Talibine that was a Warhammer module, but we played it using Savage Worlds Warhammer. And we ended up never actually finishing it, but I really, really wanted to finish it. And I think that if we'd have just said, look, I'm not, like the GM, he wasn't enjoying it, so he wanted to move on. That's absolutely fine. And it was such a good campaign, but we just wanted to see an ending. And I think that maybe if we'd have just gone, instead of just going, right, this will be the last session, see you later. If he'd have just gone, right, we'll do one more after this and we'll try and bring it to some sort of conclusion. Then it's still going to... It's, it's not necessarily a tip of how to do a good ending, I guess, but it's still a way that... At least you can have an interpretation of what happened. Because, yeah, because a lot of campaigns fizzle out. That's just the thing, right? And uh, but, you, but it's such a shitty feeling when that happens, especially as a player if you've got all your fingers in so many pies and things. Just let them 
do something like either just fight the boss now or whatever or go to to the last location now or just at least have people do their ending scenes do you know what i mean just so that there's some conclusion there yeah it sounds like you you know realistically and ideally regardless of what's happening is that you need to allow the players uh, to uh, have accomplished something some resolution yeah 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 um, that is pretty much it for my tips. I mean, th- th- those are the ways I tend to end campaigns, where I will keep it very open. I like doing the ending monologues, and I like giving players routes throughout the campaign, and that's when you really need to set up. But the easiest way to do that, I suppose, is just through decent downtime. Just yeah. at, at that point, you could do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, even if that is like, oh, I want to go back and slay orcs. It's like, okay, well, you're going off for a week by yourself. Let's just do a roll and let's see how well you do in the dungeon. Do you come away with an injury or do you get gold? Like, even that shit. But, like, yeah, I've done it in every campaign, in every one of my recent campaigns, and it's always worked out well, I think. Um, James, tips as a player. What's, so, the, what's the sort of things you love to see? The things that I like to see, um, um, it's similar to the uh, player monologues, but it kind of, it, it assists with it or is part of it. Um, especially, and it comes right at the end, the, the very, very end parts of it, the end scenes before everyone stands up, cheers and packs their dice away and shares fond memories of the entire campaign. And that is for the... Um, DM uh, to provide an epilogue um, and a well-rounded one as well. Well-rounded conclusion of events. Um, it's it's really nice to be able to sort of have a nice recap at the end of a campaign and then bring up either stuff that either didn't matter just for a laugh or some really big events that maybe people forgot about well i mean a good good example of that is in solomon kane where everyone went off and did their shit because they traveled yeah. the world and they then had the the ideas about what they wanted to do yeah and everyone shared these really emotional moments so they went off and did something and then james of course one of his returning characters <laughs> came back for the last game and there was a mishap during the early parts of the game where <laughs> james the player did not know that uh underage people wouldn't be employed just to serve drinks at a bar for example because it, it was just the way it was during that time you would just get your daughter to run the bar for a bit and James fell on the floor accidentally looked up her skirt and it was like <laughs> and um, he got re- you got really annoyed because we kept on joking that he was a rapist but in actual fact it was an accident right but I remember everyone did all their emotional things and then I, we cut back to your character that one James and I was like and where does he go and he just goes where's that girl and then just walks off into the sunset <laughs> and it was just like yeah yeah it's it really like, lent like, into it it gave a bit of comic relief to what was otherwise a very serious ending <laughs> oh yeah because there was so much going on and uh you know that character was the first of uh my runner characters within that who died um and then yeah came back to life came back to life only to become a terrible person yeah <laughs> yeah another one of my um tips as well is a lot of ownership on the dm the more invested they are uh the more invested the players are uh, I, I do believe that if you're not putting any enthusiasm into uh, the ending and you're just sort of saying oh yeah well sort of you would just sort of muck it up and then um, uh, sort of finishes and then we're done you are known as the champions of the land yeah it closes book you know and I even wrote here you know for instance Sean's campaign he cried at the end and we fucking absolutely I fucking cry 
we got way embarrassing. Sure, it's not embarrassing. Don't worry about it. I oh, know. But it, it, but you're right. It, it's the the enthusiasm is infectious. We've always said that. It's the one thing now that this show is missing. Now Nick is gone, right? Because we're all miserable. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, if the GM is enthusiastic about it, um, I, I think just to add on to that, James, I think it has to be an enthusiasm. You have to be the players and the player characters' biggest fans. Oh yeah, do you know true. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, once you once you've got that, your the enthusiasm for your world and the players, then that 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 conclusion is going to be including all of them, which is what you want, and and it is infectious, which is a very very good point. So um, with uh, like stuff of my end in uh, in Pathfinder, which one are like... we doing here, Sean? Is this get high, fly, or huh, huh, huh. Uh, huh, huh. Okay, um, go on. Yeah. Um, no, you got like. Like James said, like you know, uh, it's quite good because, um, like I'm sort of uh, inspired by endings like, um, that tie everything up very nicely. Like, uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, or Metal Gear Solid Four is a very yeah, good example. Metal Gear Solid Four. Full well. Metal Alchemist. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Return of the King. Um, and uh, Return of the King. What's that? I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yakuza. Like a dragon. That's uh, another good example. Uh, all of those, uh, they all tie everything up nicely, uh, but then also there's sort of the the feeling of like you know friendship and like the group, and then you got like the nice little gags as well that make everything a bit like sometimes like well it's like got a feeling of nostalgia running through it and stuff like that, isn't it? Like, you know yeah, I mean? uh, yeah. The, nostalgia is a very powerful emotion, I think, and I think that that's a good point. If you if you start reminiscing about things like from the for example in 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 the end of that my character who was a little kid he he figured out that one of the things he could get away with swearing was calling somebody a cheeky bastard yeah and it was like yeah, when i yeah. saw one of the old characters again i was like you cheeky bastard like but this time it was in a jokey way not in like i'm an angry at you because you're a boss way do you know what i mean yeah yeah that was good that was good and, and i agree like those those ones where you wrap it all up i mean the th- the good thing is uh, uh is that when you're doing it, you're, you're, everyone cares about the characters, right, in an RPG. And sadly, in Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, uh, I mean, there's a lot of sort of erroneous endings. Who gives a fuck what was happening to Samwise Gamgee? Do you know what I mean? If sure he's all right. No, he is, yeah, he's, he's always um, going to be all right because he's a hobbit and he'll just hang out. Just hang out, smoke weed, get high, fly, really. <laughs> um, but, um, one, but think... also, yeah, no, wait a minute. No, I've actually forgotten what I was going to say. Go on. Okay, so one of my other tips is also uh, a lot of ownership on the on the DM, um, but to try and get investment from the players. For instance, if you're a run a con game, money investment. Yeah, lots of money. Stock markets. If people if people spend money on it, they're more likely to be more invested. That's you see true. how people argue over Xbox versus PlayStation. <laughs> no, wait, wait. As in, like, so. If you run a game at con and it's just sort of a hack and slash and the players, for instance, they may not be that invested in how it wraps up because they're just like, well, I'm just doing one session of it and never coming back to it. Um, or if for whatever reason at the table there's some kind of uh, resilience from the players to, I don't know, to bother putting in effort to tidying up the end of... Do you mean resistance, this. James? He does, but I'm sure people would have got that at home. You didn't need to interrupt him. Yeah, so it, what it is is <laughs> you, you, what you want you to have a bit of ownership on the DM to maybe provide some of the roundup for the players and to bring stuff back to earlier 
uh, times or earlier sessions. And an example that I wrote is um, after all this time, he finally won that game of rounders. You know, bring it back to something. Yeah, that's a good idea. Completely. Yeah. Do you mean baseball, James? Surely, no, if you su- right, that is it. James, get the vinegar. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> what rounders? We don't play baseball in this fucking country. You play rounders. Yeah. So, so we're, to- you, you know, we're racist against Americans. We've made that very clear. Yeah. yeah. So don't you Yanks. ever do that again. Play, play yank, chasing that Yankee dollar. Yeah. But yeah, so something like that, I think, will um, always put a smile on the player's face. Because, for instance, if the or, or if there's like an extra opportunity for you to sort of add an extra detail, then you can suggest something like that. Uh, so you like, you, instead of going around and saying like, what do you do? You can go, oh yeah, so earlier on your character mentioned that he never won a game of rounders. Uh, do, do you want to end the game by doing a rounders scene? Yeah, you can even do something like that. And then, the just... character, and then the player's like, do you mean baseball? And you're like, get the fuck out. <laughs> Don't you ever come back again. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Cool. That's a great tip. A very, very good tip. And I, I do think providing a good ending to a con game is is what it will make them more memorable than yeah. the other ones where you just go, you slay the demon. Goodbye, everyone. Well, it's like our cool Cthulhu game. We all died, but, you know. But the endings are amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that also, that was that, the one that we played at the con, it was sort of like, um, we still got to choose the manner in which we died. Because as soon as that big fucking thing came out, it was still like, well, I'm dancing with my boxes on my head on top of a police car singing, it's beginning to look a lot like fishmas. I love that when I did that, because the woman at the table went, it's June. And I was like, I know, that's I'm going insane. All right, so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. Great tips, James. That, very, very good tips. Um, and and I, for, I think... Now for sure hands tips. What about, what about my tips? I thought they were... They're pretty spicy, innit? Yeah, we're gonna get. We'll, we'll get. We'll get. We'll, 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 we'll go on then. Wait, no, I've given my tips. I've sort of peppered them in, innit? Right. So uh, look, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be like Sean. You know, I hate to do this, right? But you love it, man. at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the day, right? James did sort of predict that you were just gonna say, "Yeah, I agree with everything James said." No, I did now, not, though. Did. <laughs> Although you I have do, a bit. No, you I did. You add. You added. You did add to them a bit. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But you happen to just simply agree with us quite a lot, right? Now, I don't mean to be a dick here, but instead of falling asleep, they perhaps Wake just. Up. You could have just put three. I I put fu- I put fucking five lines of text in this bloody thing. Yeah. Because it was just to give yeah, me I'm a s- uh, bouncing off point to talk about. Yeah, I'm sorry, and um, this is pathetic. You're pathetic. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> oh, this is, yeah. Sean, this is the worst you've ever done. And this is this is worse than when we did the anime podcast and you didn't even watch Sailor Moon. I did watch it. I loved it. What colour hair was uh, did Sailor Uranus have? Um Blonde. There we go. Proof. Thank you everyone. It's been uh... Surely, surely it would have been brown. You didn't even need to know. It is brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, she's called yeah. Uranus. Like, oh, Uranus. Oh, sorry. I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, Sailor Mercury. I was thinking of Sailor V. But um, anyway, why Sa- would you think of Sailor? She's not even oh. in the team until like three fucking. Anyway, um, Sailor Uranus so is only in the original, not the manga and the good crystal one. No, she is in the manga and the good crystal one. Uh, As you can see on my shelf up there, I've got the... Fu- Look, this isn't Teach Me Senpai, right? But I've read the fucking mangas. 
Yeah. You you yeah. and she was in Crystal. See, it proves you didn't watch it. And this time you put no. All you needed to do is put two lines in there, man. That's all you needed to do. Yeah, but like, you've got content now, isn't it? Well, well, with that we specifically haven't. That's that's really that's really what I'm going for here. Like we really haven't. Yeah, lifting the veil. Lifting the veil, Sean. You you honestly you get you're getting a punishment next game, next podcast and game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for our tips on how to end the campaign. Um, I do feel as if um, Sean's let us down, but I do feel as if we got some good good tips out there. And I, I reckon if you've got any of your own as well, uh, listeners, let us know and we'll read them out in the uh, in the, in the feedback next time. Yeah, I do also do. think that maybe uh, another thing I would say is to uh, remind characters of the stuff they have before the final fight as well, and also get their sheets back at the end of a campaign. Because if you ever want to do a follow-up, get the sheets. Get the sheets. Because it will feel so much better when that you've reached this ending and then you do a second arc and you're using the same stats rather than having to re-roll the character. It feels like you're having to delete a lot of progress there. I don't but, know, man. I think, like... You're such... No, this is... Right. No. That is a good tip, isn't it, James? It is a very good tip. Or at so, least... Just say, can I take a picture of your character sheet so you can Before hang you end them. it, yeah, because people like to keep ones that they've... Mm. But I, Sean, what Sean was worried about, right, was that it was that... Because he wants to follow up his Pathfinder campaign with a police-based campaign with all of us. And it sounds amazing. It does, it really does. And I bought Sean some... Because uh, Initiative is done with playing cards in Savage Worlds. And I bought Sean some uh, New York City Police Department, NY, New York Police Department uh, playing cards that I found. And... Uh, He's going to have it be Navis Yard Police Department, which is amazing because <laughs> yes. that's one of the cities in the game. Um, but Sean was worried that if we're doing street level shit, you know, as 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 our characters, you, the, the, because we're so powerful now, it's not going to feel right. But I was like, it just needs to be like ever increasing circles, doesn't it? It's like you start off and it seems like a simple drug bust. Yeah, these these thugs are going to be no ma- match for you. But it but turns these fucking out, owlbears and genies pop out of nowhere. Yeah, well, it could, yeah. but it could be that. What if the fucking p- drugs they're taking turns them into owlbears and genies? And oh, suddenly there's a, it'll there's be a like a much. malfunction of um, you know, like. That is any kind of superpower drug in like films and shit. Where it's like exactly now the yeah. now the city's overrun. It's your job as the police to to deal with it, but also investigate how this came to be and who's responsible. Sean, sure, I think we've written it for you. It's similar. It's it's word well, of word's going to be similar to Shadowrun. So. Um... Yeah, there is. Well, I understand that, but but like, but yeah, keep the sheets because because James's character he put a lot of love and effort into that. And yeah, let's say for, if you started next so campaign, powerful. he wanted to start us again from novice because we've had time off. That doesn't make sense. No, that would suck, man. <laughs> it's like you know what those levels you had. You're playing the same guy, but all of the st- all of the effort. You know, you know, if you gave us that option, we'd just be like, yeah, I just write a new character, mate. Yeah, it totally would be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's because no, be. we wouldn't want to tarnish the names of our predecessors. Uh, uh, my uh, my character's name is PC Gone Mad. <laughs> what about um, like two levels, maybe like Sean? Two levels. Well, oh, so we'd be veteran. Nice. Cheers. Cheers, boy. I, I mean, I'm vet. I am vet, aren't I? Uh, I think you are. Yeah, yeah pretty. It's a bit strong. You're an idiot. There's no such thing as a too strong campaign. No, no. Only, anyway, look, endings for campaigns. Do do them well. Put a lot of effort into them. I think they're important. If you even have a campaign that fizzles out and you people just stop coming, just say, look. I know that that this has come to an end, but just let's all get together and play one more session just to yeah. tie things up. My one last tip to round uh, it all off is to just jot down notes so you remember. 
Yeah, remember details to bring back at yeah, the end. Yeah, especially yeah. at a con game. You could just write something down and be like, oh, he mentioned a, a bright green handbag. Bring that up at the end. They'll love it. Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very good point. And if, if somebody's never miss, if, if somebody's not made a decent hit in the entire session, at the end of it, just go, you're standing at the trying to hit things tournament in your village. <laughs> a dummy in front of you. Do you manage to hit it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, just little details like that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Good. Um, well, that was it. We got a lot of electro letters, actually. So we better we better crack on, lads. Sean, yeah. uh, you ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Because yeah. you weren't before. I, I, can't believe, 20, I can't believe how much vinegar you're going to have to drink next episode, man. It's going to be fucked up. Can I have some chips? With you're going to you're going to pickle your insides, mate. Have, and there's going to be so many flies in it. Is there any like chance of like some bread to sort of? No bread. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. So this is Electro Letters. Uh, this is where we deal with your correspondence throughout there. We got we got uh, a lot of questions this time, a lot of good ones, a lot of really shit ones. And uh, we'll start with one of the shit ones. Dr. Mumson, he says, can I smoke my DCC books? Well, we don't control you. You can do what you want. Do Anything what you, you want. put your mind to, you can do it. I, I, I do Maybe. think I object to book burning in a certain way, but I mean, if you do smoke it, perhaps you'll inhale all the rules and be able to be the best fucking judge you're ever going to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Let's know how it goes. In school, I once smoked pencil shavings as part of a dare, so it's <laughs> fucking horrible. Yummy. Um, when he says smoke it, does he mean like, just like absolutely kill it with a campaign or something? I smoked my DCC <laughs> book, man. <laughs> I, oh, mate, I absolutely smoked it in that campaign. Maybe it just means like a light smoke. You know, how do you like smoke a sausage? You like yeah, smoke yeah, some meat. Yeah. yeah. That would be nice. That would be really nice, actually. You get it out and you, you imbue it with a certain scent. Oh, mate, imagine that at the table. What books have you got today? Oh, yeah, that's a uh, DCC. Oh, I can smell pine. Genius. Very genius. Uh, Mr. The Beach, he says, uh, given how much you enjoyed Ravenloft, are there any other classic settings, official D&D or otherwise, you'd be excited to run a fantasy campaign in? Yeah, I reckon um, Harrison should run Temple of Elemental Evil. Yes. <laughs> so I, running MCC it, it recently has reminded me how much I love that system. And I'm definitely, I think I'm going to do this MCC one. Will be Obviously, I'm going to finish this. Um, but then my next one's going to be DCC Temple of Elemental Evil. But what is he going to, how he's going to finish it? He's going to use one of the tips we just spoke about. And exactly. It really early. I'm going to use all the. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to get. I'm going to smoke weed. I'm going to get high. I'm going to fly. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, uh, I've I've wanted to run one in Mistara for ages. Mistara. I've always I've always thought that sounds cool. Um, I, obviously, I love Planescape, but uh, it's it's so good and complicated. It's basically unplayable. Um, Classic settings. What have I got? I've got Forgotten Realms. Wow, really pushing the boat out there. Do you know what I mean? Called Cla- Forgotten Realms, by the way, is the default setting for D and D. Yeah, classic settings. I think Mistara will be one that I'd love to play in. Um, I, I do love Ravenloft quite a lot, though, and Planescape. Um, Dragonlance is shit, and anyone who likes it is an idiot. Um, how about you, Sean? Uh, classic settings. Fantasy Warhammer. Yes, that's a good one. That's yeah. a very good one. That's yeah. a great setting. James, would you like to play or run any classic fantasy settings? Uh, the only thing is most likely just uh, Savage Pathfinder, isn't it? I suppose it is a classic. All it's right. a modern class. Yeah. Um, what about Lord of the Rings? 
I'm not sure I'd actually enjoy running something in that. Well, because uh, there's a you've great... got to have a lot of travel. Yeah, and uh, I think, actually, the one-ring role-playing game and the 5e versions they did for it do the travel really well where it's very systemic. But the thing is, is that um, I've always found it kind of... There's a great video about that Spoonie does about it, and it's why the Lord of the Rings video game sucks. Because, like, when you're... The Lord of the Rings story really is the best story that was told in that world, right? It's the best one. They did it. It's done. It's the most heroic thing that ever happened in that universe. So who are you going to play? In one of the video games, you play like as a guy called like Regulus, and he's like following the, the the fellowship, sort of helping them from the shadows, which is dumb as fuck. Or what well, you're going to be like some hobbit, and there's a there's an evil out there. It's not quite as good as Sauron. Or you're going to do do the thing where you just bring Sauron back for some reason, or the ring back for some reason, or whatever. But um, that said, so- the adventures in Middle Earth campaign books are really fucking good. And what's cool is obviously in uh, Lord of the Rings, magic is really rare. So if you own 5e and you get the Adventures in Middle-Earth shit, there's like nine classes in there and none of them do magic. And they're all pretty well made, I think. Um, but yeah, Sean, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say like uh, like characters like Sam Average Intelligence and stuff like that. Sam... Oh, instead of Sam Wise. God almighty. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, that reminds me, I made a joke last night to my wife and um, I was like... Uh, I can't remember what it was, but she she did something, she did something that that she had just told me not to do, right? And I was just like, do I hear an equine swamp dwelling mammal uh, uh rolling a twenty, a natural twenty on a uh, a twenty sided dice? She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, sorry, I just thought I heard a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was like, such a sick burn that I'm gonna punch you. Um. Next up, Elicitilithid. He says, I have misunderstood the podcast review and I've become lost in the woods falling down these incredibly steep trails and taking a brutal beating in doing so. I've had to embrace my more animalistic traits to survive and can no longer communicate outside of discord except in snarls and grunts. Any advice for me now that I'm a savage pathfinder? Fucking um, hell. Well, it's like from listening to this podcast. That's what's happened to him. He's gone a bit feral. That's worrying, isn't it? No, he's become a savage pathfinder. Okay. <laughs> he's uh, savage and he looks for paths now um, and my advice is uh, keep digging bro keep digging um, and just come back to civilization for a bit uh, yeah maybe um, take a break but also tell your friends how can about you take a break His, yeah tell your friends about the podcast uh, attack but, people in the woods and bite the uh, website address into their skin scratch it don't watch, <laughs> don't watch anime um, what my, are you talking what's that got to do with anything um, well, I don't want him to get worse. And oh yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, don't watch anime. Don't watch anime. Don't watch Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, I found a fucking Thomas the Tank Engine RPG. By the way, <laughs> we're playing it. And I recently learned about the Thomas the Tank Engine fandom. You know, furries. Mm. Imagine that, but for Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, that's fucked up, man. Uh, and they 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 call uh, wanking over it. They call it steaming. Oh no, it's fucked. It's oh fucked. no, but that's coming up. Believe me. Mad Van Holes. He says, I'm very interested to hear how the twats feel about Paizo playing the good guy compared to Wizards of the Coast. Aren't they usually money-grabbing a-holes too? I think I've even heard Goodman Games is getting in bed with them. I'm afraid we're getting lined up to be railed slightly by a different big bad evil guy. Please advise. Lesser evils, I'd say. I don't know. I mean, it it did strike me as as a bit odd when Pathfinder came out saying, hey guys, we're doing a new OGL and all this stuff. No, no, no. It's all marketing. 
They're being the good guys, so they buy their products more. That's so it. No, but that, of course, that's exactly what it is. But, to be fair, like, but do you know what it is? It's, it's, it's also like it's. I, I hate using this phrase. Actually, I mean it's it's appropriate, but it's like virtue signaling, right? They're saying, "Hey, we're the good guys. Buy our shit." It's all marketing, and it's like, okay, I get why you're doing it, but it doesn't make Pathfinder Two any less useful, any more worth buying. There we go. I, I suppose they were originally the good guys because they. Um, they made Pathfinder because of how D and D was. The, they didn't like the route that D and D was. But then, going. even but even that is a is a very very uh, uh, shrewd business decision. Uh, do you know what I mean? And, and I, I I think it's um, yeah, it's difficult to get behind, isn't it? When as as James very rightly pointed out, when you know it's just a marketing ploy, it's very difficult to go. Yeah, I respect these guys. It's like I'm not falling for it. I'm not fucking falling for it. There, there are still company. Yeah, I mean, I guess putting the OGN out there is a good thing to do, but I think the reasons for it were to be the good guys. Do you know what I mean? Hey guys, come over to us. Yeah, they. I think it comes from a good place and a bad place at the same time. They it's are what, trying to be the good guys. It's what we want. But it's also they're, they're doing what we want for marketing reasons. It's uh, the equivalent of when uh, Xbox One came out and they, they said you couldn't play discs and then uh, PlayStation were like, hey, you can give the discs to your friends. We're the good guys now. Yeah, and it's like, well, you've just... Bit, so essentially what you've done is not put code onto your computers. Um, and it's like, yeah, yeah, they're just... It's a marketing for you. That's all it is. Um, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It's it's like at least they're doing something good. It's like McDonald's giving to charity, but at the same time, sort of raping African nations. It's sort and of like sort of making the capital. It makes it all right to be McDonald's, does it not? CJ, he says, have you guys considered doing a big Apple Sewer Samurai expansion like Tough Guys expanded Wise Guys? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, but Sean, you haven't read it. You should read it. Big a- Big Apple Sewer Samurai. It's a little thing for uh, for Savage Worlds. I do want it. Yeah, I want to. I want to own the book for it. To be fair. get it, buy it. You would love yeah. it, and then you could do your own expansion, Mutant Hero Beasts. Oh my god! Yeah, um, you gotta do that. But like, but probably- also, you see in this email's giving me a v- fucking good idea. Is that Mutant Hero Beast X cross Tough Guys? Oh yeah, that's what I. That's what I thought. Well, yeah, that's a bit. Well, you guys are a bit like sort of. Like wanted me to do a sequel to that for a while, innit? Yeah, we do want you very much to do a sequel. But I might do it. I might do Tough Guys X Mutant Hero Beasts. Oh, yeah. What if a new gang in town suddenly is like Bebop and Rocksteady or whatever? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You, like you get... don't own the Turtles, man. No, if anything, they he allows you. it like he plagiarised all of your... Yeah, you fucking stole <laughs> my big bad evil for your campaign. So no, you can, no, but... You're like, stealing... I, I was... You should have asked me first. You loved it though, but I like, loved it, but you know, um, it's bang out of order. No, I think you could like give respect to the the mutant hero Repest, beast franchise. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> give respect to the mutant hero beast franchise. Did you hear that? <laughs> what a cunt. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely, you should do that, Sean. You should write something for that fucking setting. It'll be it'll be like an adventure. It'd be really good. Yeah, that would be. Put great. down the ones you did in your campaign. Uh, Alyssa Tillithid. Now, these are the good questions. Yeah. No, there were some good ones before. Sorry. This is a good question. Advice for dealing with players who won't put in the effort. My cockmonglers, Call of Cthulhu players, won't look so uh, won't so much as look at the Discord in between sessions and spend the first one plus hour of every game trying to remember what the hell they're doing in Australia. Most of them don't take notes, so I end up doing the recap myself despite offering in-game rewards. I swear to God, they'll start asking me to follow them into the bathroom to wipe for them next. Fuck me, man. Maybe, that's horrible. Maybe. Well, yeah, but I, I, we've said this for years, right? Players don't read. They, yeah. they, they simply don't. But I don't think the owners should be on them. And I don't think that some people don't like to take notes. I've tried, and it takes me out of the game because I'm trying to keep decent notes. And Yeah, that's, what, that's why I stopped. Mm-hmm. 
I'd be sitting there and be like, James, and be like, wait a minute. Nick's very good at doing it because he does sort of shorthand only he will remember. Like, yeah. he can look at it and go, oh, do you remember this? Uh, uh, Tabascus does it a few times. But he, he, His notes now, as I've seen it, are um, just uh, important names and details. Important names and details that he does it on the back of his sheet. Yeah. The thing is, I, I, with regards to remembering the, the, the previous episode... It's, it's weird because I can do it really well as a GM, but then I take notes the following day in my notebook. Um, well, good thing and, to and, do. But, like, but I think with, with getting players to remember, I just don't. I just think it's a lost cause. And I just getting don't think players it's to go on a Discord. But I think a, a good thing like um, is to recap the last game. Like, That's yeah. but no. Well, what he's saying is he doesn't want to have to do that every time. Why can't his players just remember and There's they just bam straight minutes, into it? Though, it? Well, the thing is, you say that they're spending one plus hours every session in all honesty you can get a recap done in two minutes so just bite the bullet yeah i mean it really just just get it because look with the first mcc game where we did episode zero right there was two weeks in between because sean was ill right and i felt like i should do a better recap than i usually do and it only took a couple of minutes i just think it's one of those things as a gm you need to take on a chin it's frustrating but players don't read i i, I would love players to read but even when I'm a player, I don't because it's my time off, right? So my point is that one of our players recently said that he wanted to do a campaign using one of the Warhammer 40k role-playing games, right? And he said, right, it's probably about 15 pages of lore you're going to have to read. And I was like, and I thought, fuck but that. You, but you know what? Like, we played Necropolis with Nick and it's... It, I don't think... I don't 40K think he's adjacent. I, it's pretty much 40k with the serial numbers filed off. Yeah. But Nick, so one of the big things is like there's all these different the sects of the same religion uh, in the army that you guys belong to, and you're basically like space marines fighting space orcs and stuff like this, right? And the thing is, is that um, in that setting, the way Nick did it was not say, I need you to read the descriptions of all the different sects and the people you're going to be dealing with. He, we just got into the game and he said, right, which one do you want to pick? We picked one and then we just we just went we went past in the hallway and some of the other sects were having a go at us and um, we saw what they were up to and things like this. Just do it in the game. Just do it. If Warhammer 40k uh, film came out and it started with 15 pages of text on the screen, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm sure not. Just all do day. it in universe, man. If if we don't know every detail, then it's it's fine. He could just say, "Oh, if I go to do something that that perhaps would be frowned upon, he could just say, "Oh, by the way, the religion forbids that activity. You can do it, but if only if you get away with it, sort of thing." I don't know. It, 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 players are not going to read, and campaigns are always best when they don't have to read anything and they learn about it in universe. I mean, Vampire the Masquerade. When I ran ran that, one of the big things is is that using your character creation points, you can make your vampire older, right? Which means you've been around the block a bit more. You've got better abilities. You're um, this and the other. But I just vetoed that rule and just said, right, you're new vampires because I don't expect you to have to roll every time you need to know something and i don't expect you to have to read the fucking book now that we played a campaign of it now you can now you can do a 400 year old vampire if you want but uh yeah i don't know man players are never going to read it and they're never gonna they're never going to look at the discord so just you've got to do it all in the game and as for the recap just take a few notes i mean like you heard how long i went on about the mcc campaign on the last episode right I summarised it in about two minutes and just got all the important details out there. Simple. Yeah, maybe he just needs... Um, I don't to, think he's really doing it for one plus thing. hours. I think he's exaggerating for effect. Yeah, Yeah. although the only other suggestion would be to find different players. 
Yeah. No, no, I think this player's all right. It's just like he needs to just tweak. Because it depends on what they bring to the game. If 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 a person doesn't read, I mean, we we played with the bloke for years, and I know we complain about him now, but I enjoyed playing with him. You know, even though he was a bit of a problem player, I enjoyed playing with him, and he he doesn't even know which dice are which. And that's after five years of fucking playing. So it's like if he brings something decent to the table, but has the flaw that he doesn't read and he 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 needs a recap, that's fine. That's I don't expect people to necessarily remember everything, and it's quite hard to do, isn't it? Mm. Especially as if you drink, and towards the end of the night you're getting more hammered. You're really going to remember what happened at the end of the game? Probably not. No, that's true. Because even though I'm good at remembering the details of the campaign, I and your campaign, Sean, I did often ask, "Well, we were here. Why is this?" Yeah, because there is a lot to remember. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, I'm sorry. I just read ahead that the next question that that, uh, follows on. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very apt. Sid, just Sid. He says, "I have more than one player isn't very good at remember that isn't very good at remembering specifics of game mechanics, probably because they play in two different separate games that use different RPG systems. But they are really good at bringing character personification and story elements to the table. I don't mind helping them to remember the mechanics, but sometimes it gets a little bit irritating. Any ideas how to encourage them to get better at the rules? They add so much to the story, I just don't want to lose them as a player. I've got a tip immediately, uh, which is um, something that um, Harrison did as a result of having a player at a table like that, and as a result of... Uh, con games yeah, and sure. as a result of just doing one yeah, shots and stuff like yeah, that. Sean. It's to um, Sean was the bad guy. <laughs> it's to Absolutely it's not. to basically say, what do you want to do, and I'll tell you what to roll. So you're taking the ownership of the mechanics being on the player to understand them completely, and what you're doing is you're guiding them. And the more you guide them, the more they're going to remember. Also, yeah, and also I found it. Uh, sorry, go on, Sean. No, no, I was going to say it also depends on how well the game is made. Um, like for example, uh, um, some some of the um, rules the players won't even know that they're remembering them. You know what I mean? Like well, Savage I've always Worlds found and... like yeah, Savage Worlds is a is a very well designed game because it all revolves around a central mechanic and very rarely deviates from that. Cyberpunk, for example, is a rules heavy game. It's difficult to remember how to play the game. But then the the big difference is that once you get the rules of Cyberpunk, you know how to do everything. Right, um, but the say something like D and D, like I said, uh, like James said, it's like I will always tell players, just tell me what you want to do, I'll tell you what to roll. But that doesn't mean I'm going to remember your fucking edges and hindrances for you, right? Oh, true. If if you want to, if you want to do something, and and you just go and I attack, I attack, and then later on you realise you had this edge that you didn't use, well, that's your fault. Right? Yeah, well, that's and, that, that, and that you're hap- probably going to get better at remembering. Yeah, it. and that does happen and has happened I lots mean, of times. Yeah, even in recent um, campaigns and recent sessions, just like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that. Um, so that's frustrating, but I'll just try and remember for next time. I also think a good, uh, a good hearty uh, piss taking uh, will often help. Uh, for example, there was a time when we were playing Five E, and I told our friend Ryan to roll with advantage, and he, yeah, but what's the fucking advantage, mate? <laughs> and I was like he thought I meant bonus and he forgot what advantages and I was like same as always mate we've been playing for 15 sessions uh, you roll 2d20 pick the better of the both and he's like yep yep alright yep <laughs> I just took the piss out and he didn't forget it after that um, but also there's one thing I did during lockdown right and this pretty much is the opposite of what you want you want them to learn the the rules in that right but one thing to alleviate this that gives a really really quick easy thing just have a copy of their character sheet and attach it to the inside of your gm screen and if they're umming and ahhing and it's slowing the game down but you clearly like this player 
as a role player and as a person, right? So what you want to do is you want them in the game for that reason. So just tape one of their character sheets to the inside of your GM screen, and when they they're having an R-ing, so how do I do a shooting roll? You just go, you've got a D8, roll a D8. Simple as that. Because I did it in lockdown with Discord, because I knew certain idiots in our group would not be able to find things on their sheet. So I had it in front of me. I'm not sure. I looked at you there because I was talking to you. I wasn't talking about you. You were more bad with actually getting onto the Discord. Yeah, I was, yeah. To was. the point where I had to name the voice channel, please, God, click here, voice channel. It's still got, got click here in capital letters. And... I know, because nobody could re- I can't hear anyone. Oh. Yeah, I mean... Fuck's sake. I wasn't the worst, though. To no, you were not the worst. But I, yeah, so I, I have a copy of their character sheet. I think in terms of getting them to learn the rules, Sean made a good point that certain systems are better for that. I also think one thing you want your characters to do is instead of just hitting things, you want them to know the special manoeuvres and what their edges do and stuff. Easy thing to do, use them against them. They'll never forget them then. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a really good if, idea. If your character keeps forgetting what his sweep edge does, have a character of sweep on there, come in and fucking obliterate them, and he goes, fucking hell, how do you do that? You go, well, you've got that edge, you can use that whenever you want. Or if somebody uses the aim manoeuvre, or a wild attack, or whatever, or or somebody does um, have a fucking NPC in DCC with, uh, what do they call them? Mighty Deeds. Yeah. Have them come in and start using Mighty Deeds against them, and he'll be like, how, how did he blind me and hit me in the same turn? It's like, because <laughs> he's got Mighty Deeds, same as you, mate. Just bringing Adam Sandler in, you know what I mean? I have crippling depression. (laughs) (laughs) I think we solved that one, haven't we, lads? Yeah. The Greg Man, he says, I'm joining a new local in-person group mid-campaign. What's your best advice for fitting in, or should I do something outrageous to assert dominance? Uh... Well, one person put on a Discord that they should go in like it's a prison, hit the biggest guy, and steal all the snacks. Snacks. No, don't do that. You'll get hated. Uh... Do you think he might get hated if he goes in and attacks somebody day one? Yeah. Uh, just don't wa- don't Radical. Rush. Maybe, you know. How do you... But he wants to assert dominance. He doesn't just want to go in and be another stinky-ass oh, murder thought, hobo. He wants thought, to go in there and he wants to dominate. No, he says, or should I do I, something? He wanted to fit in. Oh, okay, yeah. right. So let's talk about uh, how, does he, uh, how does he fit in, and then we'll talk about how to assert dominance. Well, if you're joining mid-campaign, then surely you're going to be brought up to speed, right? So, could you not ask at that point, um, is there the opportunity to have a tie-in to another player? So then you can start building a relationship quickly. Hey, that's a good idea. Quickly. That's a very good idea. Yeah, just say, right, um, I've, yeah, I want to link my backstory to somebody. So yeah. when you Distant turn up, cousin. The, the character might go, all right, mate, it's been a while. And you're like, yeah, yeah sorry about that, I got lost. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out you've been following the party this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Additionally, I think look RPGs. You tend to get on well with a group you're playing with if they're a good group, uh, fairly quickly because you really do have to leave your inhibitions at the door. You can't go in there being nervous, right? Otherwise, you you're just going to suck because you're about to do a stupid voice and play a pretend wizard. But another thing that helps that is alcohol. So my point would be get a crate and bring it to the first game. Get a crate and allow everyone just to say tuck in, enjoy yourselves. Everyone yeah. has a nice beer or cider. And then um, they'll be a little bit more drunk. You'll get on. They'll be happy that you bought them a case of beer. And, and, and that's that. It only costs you... Probably in America, costs a lot of money, doesn't it? But if you, if in you, England, a tenner for a crate of Fosters. Don't get don't, Fosters. If you don't drink, though, you could, just, like at, at the very least, bring some really dank snacks that everyone can... Like. No, bring, bring a case of beer and a case of Cokes. And popcorn and pistachios. And do, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, my God, do not eat those. Don't eat those, because they're going to be everywhere. 
But um, yeah, I agree. Having a linked backstory is a fucking great idea. Sean, you got any advice for fitting in as a person who never has? <laughs> don't, be, don't be me. Don't be Sean. Um, what about that Tesla the other day, though? Speaking of fitting oh, in, that, that Sean was... ordered an Uber and he got this fucking you know two million pound sports car that came and picked him up. It was amazing. Like the uh, the door handle was popped out of the. the, the <laughs> and the uh, Sean was like, "I'm looking for a Peugeot," and we just saw this guy in the, the like the sickest whip known to man. There was like a fat monitor in there. It was bigger than like yeah, you can play mind. Xbox games in there, man. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, and also like the road has is uh, like very bad. Like hasn't been. Uh, done for like 20 years or whatever um, and you can feel like every bump and uh, sometimes I want to puke but um, it, it's just glided over did it yeah it just glided over so Elon Musk massive cunt good cars so yeah any advice uh, you're starting a new game with people you don't know what are you going to do drive a Tesla um, that helps be shy and then be not- shy hate every minute of it and be terribly relieved when you get out yeah. Well, my my literally literally my plan when I did this exact thing when I joined a, a a table game down the road is I bought a four thing of beer and drank them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it just no, but it just helped me get chatting to people because I am actually really shy and nervous. Like I really, really am. Yeah. I'm all, <laughs> so I'm... so when it came when it came to that after if two beers is the minimum I need to be where I can just open up and just be normal and that helps me. I got chatting to people and things like this. And it turns out actually that game sucked because all of the fucking players ended up chatting all the time and I hated it. But uh, yeah, I mean that's what I would say. Have two beers before you go in. Uh, bring some beers for the people playing and also yeah get a linked backstory. That's my advice that I made up. I stole James's one. <laughs> um yeah i also think what one one technique i've had where i've joined in progress games and this has mainly been online was that i played a character who was essentially there to help the other characters because if you're going to come in right and, and do, do it in a jokey way like 100 percent, do it in a jokey way but like make sure that your your character you're bringing in is like comically shit in some way like where because oh, all these characters got these backstories they think they're really fucking important suddenly this pretender's come in right what if he's the guy that is is uh, uh just doing help shit like a whole time like not necessarily a cleric but as the bard is shooting arrows, you're handing him extra ones, giving him advantage. Do you know what I mean? Like, shit like that. Just be that guy oh, who makes like himself useful. Or something. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, like a, yeah, I mean, a torchbearer is a good idea. I, I, I did do that in a DCC campaign that I entered. Uh, also, like, the Pathfinder campaign. Yeah, but that was, I mean, one that I entered midway through. Oh. And it so. got me in with the group straight away because they were sort of like... Well, this guy's proving to be really fucking useful. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then the players Immediately. are talking to you yeah. more and that, and that. Exactly, because they're then ordering your character around. Suddenly, you've become an integral part of the group. It doesn't have to be like a, a comically shit thing, but it could also just be you're a cleric. Oh, I've got a higher armor class. I'm going to provide cover by ducking down in front of him. Like, shit like that. Just make yourself useful, and then you'll quickly become a part of the team that they can't really do without. Um, or, but how to assert dominance? What are we talking here? Um, go in, uh, be overly courageous, uh, storm, storm, storm around, and um, well, somebody said treat you treat like a prison, but also you could do that where you just go in and the biggest guy's character sheet. You make a character bigger than that guy, so you kind of go with the prison idea, but you're going a different different twist. So you go right, who's the warrior on this team? And you you maybe cheat a bit, get better stats than him, and then as soon as he's about to take an action, just go fuck that. Pick up a sheet, put it on the floor, and go. I'm the warrior. 
Um, <laughs> if this guy wants to sit in the GM's chair, get there early. Sit in his chair with a screen in front of you, and then the GM he goes, he's like, uh, uh, but, but uh, that's my seat. I'm I'm GMing. Like not anymore, bitch. Sit down and get this fucking zero level. No, if this guy wants a serious answer, though, um, to I, assert dominance, do you think he wants a serious answer to that? Um, I mean, like, just as a, a laugh, I thought I'd provide a serious answer. Um, yeah, that'd be a laugh. Um, <laughs> posture, like, I mean, like, just like stick your chest out, put your head forward, you know, look forward. Bicep um, curled at all points. Uh, Lift weights. And then, like, talk like Will Ferrell from Anchorman, isn't it? I am hitting the goblin! Yeah, a bit like you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Good morning, California. Um, yeah, lift weights while you're doing it, especially because James, you're quite swole. Yeah, mate. So swole. you can get away with that. Lift, lift some weights. Like, lift the table, mate. Just act, act very much. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Just bicep curl the table. Um, act <laughs> as if, uh, act table. as if all of this is beneath you. That you're actually, I could be out shagging birds, but I'm here playing this. Well, like that's not true, though, is it? No, it isn't true. But that's why you really got a, you're a certain dominance, right? And bear, let's be honest, you're a neckbeard. You probably are. <coughs> not not Greg, man, but you know anyone. Good, we've answered that. Tizer man, he says, if each of the three Ds could design an RPG challenge, Dungeon Twenty Three, etc., what would the challenge be? So for those that don't know, ju- Dungeon Twenty Three is this thing where people are doing a room of a dungeon a day for a year, right? Uh, we've got a thing on our Discord server where people are posting their rooms that they've done. Some of them are really fucking good. And really good for just grabbing ideas, actually, and stealing them wholesale. So, But yeah, if you guys could design an RPG-based challenge, what would it be? What about something like, um, you know, like they do on uh, Twitch, where they do Twitch plays Pokemon? Yeah, oh. uh, but like, uh, like other like loads of people could chip in and do like character like. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have Twitch rolls up the characters right using simple Twitch bots, and then to decide what those characters do, everyone puts in their thing in the chat, and maybe either it picks randomly or the highest ones get voted. Hit orc or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's a great one, man. That's a really good idea. Thanks. So a while back, I did one of those. Um, 48 hour game jams for video games because uh, a mate of mine's boyfriend is a game developer and um, I would like to see something like that and I know they already do it listeners I'm not a fucking idiot right but the um, with those dungeon challenges it's always create an RPG product in 24 hours and it's always a one page dungeon or it's always a one page RPG and I would like to see one come up with a full system in a week or something like that like, like sort of lock in for a week, innit? Like, yeah, like a lock in for a week where everyone has to come up with an RPG, uh, a full RPG. Just like a steady stream of deliveries coming to the house and that. Oh, so then there's smell of guff in there. It's gonna be foul. <laughs> I feel like um, it could be similar to that, but try and create um, a product that isn't, yeah, isn't a one sheet, um, but that is modern, perhaps. And can be more useful to players than they think. Because I saw, um, I think there was some advertisements reaching out to me to to get. You can get um, these D sixes that you embed inside um, other dice, um, and then they link up to your phone or your system that you're using, like Roll Twenty, so that when you roll your dice with that inside it in real life. It will roll that dice on the screen um, and digitalize it for the GM and players. 
What's this got to do with the dungeon challenge, though? So, as in, because you, you were saying create a new system completely by, um, you know, within a week as a challenge, as a mm. dungeon challenge. And mine's like to create, um, like, a new piece of RPG tech as well within that's a also a nice time idea. That's, uh, that's a really good that's idea. That's a very good idea. Um, draw the sexiest elf competition. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, that is going to be it for questions. Some very good ones this time. Some very thought-provoking ones. Uh, but I do have to go in a minute. So, yeah, unfortunately, we've got some other questions as well. We'll address them in the next episode because they were really fucking good. Such as, can I smoke my DCC books? No, we answered that one. But let's uh, let's do an outro, shall we? Yeah. That muffin is looking awfully like a hamster. Someone baked a hamster into my muffin. Sean. Sean, Sean, Sean. Yeah? Making us think You're about right. your place on the cast. Yeah, really. I mean, we're thinking of bringing Nick back, and he hasn't played an RPG in two years. Um, that is how badly you fucked up. You fucked up! I don't, I'm pretty sure Nick doesn't exist anymore, though, like... Oh, because he's left your life, you bloody narcissist. Um, hey, we're playing with him on Tuesday. We're, we're, playing, we're playing Alien on Tuesday with him. Oh, Why yeah. you always got to be so out of order to Nick every day? Bitch. For the hell? <sighs> How likely is it? It's, it's that, that, that's make getting a joke. Right. You can't make jokes. Um, well... You're uh, fucked up. Well, yeah, I did. And Been watching Uncle Roger, if you uh, can't tell, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Yeah, it's good. But, um, hey, uh... Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that was a good episode. I think James and I, uh, honestly, James, honestly, I think you knocked it out of park. Knocked it out of park. <laughs> Absolutely smashed. It. I mean, you've really well outdone done yourself James. there, mate. Well Some great take. So tips. what are you guys saying on on what I did? Well, once you do something, then we'll then we'll be able to give an opinion, Sean. But uh, this time, there's a lot left to the imagination. A lot, oh, yeah. like a lot, good, like though. really a lot. That's good. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what's in the box? Oh, no, that's already good. Smoke spliffed-tion. Uh Right, James, hit us with our socials. So, we've got many socials out there. All you could really do is just, you know, just take a peep out of it. Go into Google, type in the free TRPG pod. But you know what's the main ones? The main ones are the Facebook. Yeah, that's probably our most one that's up to date. But if you really want to get ingrained, why not look at our Discord channel, join it, chat to the like-minded idiots that are in there because they follow us and they're twats. Um, but also, you can take a look at you know, really SoundCloud, you can take a look at Podbean, yeah? but you can also do uh, free pod at gmail.com as well. Wait, I recommend this to a friend, yeah? Because if you don't, if you don't, then we we're just gonna stop. we're gonna start vinegaring you like Sean. Uh, we have, no, we, no. If, if you don't, we're just gonna have Sean do the show on his own, right? And that's gonna be about oh, five good. minutes of him saying, "Yeah, I agree with James." How do you know that, man? Yeah, and if you can, uh, please donate to us on Patreon and check out the RPG products please. and drive for RPG. Please donate on Patreon. Please, like, My BMW needs a new wheel. Please send me some praise because like I'm. Oh, this is pretty bad. Harrison and Jones are busting my chops. He's yeah. really busting my chops, man. I did nothing, and yet, and yet I'm, 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 I'm out of ideas. It's hard life, man. All right, that was a good one. I Cheers, think. Guys. Bye. See you later. Bye.